Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Riff. Uh, my name's Cameron Spanner, and I am one of the lawyers here from Adams & Partners Lawyers. Uh, and today we have a special guest who seems to always find his way into our podcast these days. <laughs> it's good old Dave Rosenthal. Hey, Dave, how are you? Oh, I'm good, Cameron. It's good to be back here again. I'm, I always have a lot of fun. You can't, you can't get rid of me. We can't keep you away. The listeners, you know, they, they want you back. And, and we've had a bit of a demand since our last podcast. And, um, you know, some of the issues that were being raised, we thought we would, you know, wrap up into a little podcast so that yep. we could be very informative to everyone. Um, and I believe today we're going to talk about, you know, sales business. Yes. Okay. So um, from a legal perspective, we help out obviously through the process of a sale of business. Yep. But we get involved when you want to sell your business. Exactly. We don't really have anything to do with what happens if you're looking at selling your business, you know, in the next two years, three years, something yep. like that, which from your standpoint, that's where you come into play. Is that right? It is. It is. I think there's a lot, there's a bit at the start where sort of we can work, like the lawyers and accounts can work together where I would suggest to get legal advice at the start. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of the, it's about prep work. It's a more prep work. A lot of, a lot of issues I see with selling your business is a lot of people bank on selling their business as part of the retirement. Okay. And yeah. They haven't done any, put any money in the super. They, they bank on it and they sell it and they realize it's not what it's worth and it, everyone stresses. And the one, the heart, the most painful ones are the ones who haven't planned properly because generally no one wins. It's a very rushed job and everyone's unhappy at the end. Yeah. And and, that, and that's the thing is just planning ahead and just understanding what is what is going to happen will make, take a lot of stress out of the situation. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I guess as well, if you're thinking about it from that standpoint where you're going to retire in the future, yeah. you want to kind of, you know, maximize the amount of money that you could get for that business, which may take some preparing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And it, it, it boils down to like when you're preparing at the start, it's sort of the first time, you know, I always tell my clients, when do you, should you start thinking about how you're going to sell your business? Yeah. And for me, it is when you set it up. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's business structure does make a big thing. Yeah. I know we've talked time and time we again love about business, business structures <laughs> and I will keep saying it till the cows come home. Yeah. But having your structure set up to begin with, it makes a massive difference of how you walk away because you'll understand how you're going to earn money. And it kind of, it does think about how you actually, your business operates. Yeah. Because, you know, the, how a mechanic will sell this business will be different from a software developer. Absolutely. Because, you know, if you're a software developer, chances are you're not profitable, but you're hoping to sell your you know, intellectual property or some software, which is a huge game, but you're losing a lot of money to begin with. Yeah. Whereas a mechanic, it's sort of like a steady profit and it might... Yeah, it, over time. Over time. Yep. Okay. So once you get your sort of structures up as a very starting point, and it, it will change from time to time, it's basically then getting your right agreements in place. Yep. So, you know, the first thing, and that, and that's where, obviously, you need to get a good solicitor, like Absolutely. Adams & Partners, yep. go see them. <laughs> um, first off, you'd obviously have employee agreements. Yep. Making sure you've got the right employee agreements and all structured up, because yep. if you sell it over time and those agreements aren't good, you could lose a lot of value in the business from employees sort of walking away and taking that business. Yeah, absolutely. No, that falls part of it. And also as well, entitlements, they're, they're a exactly. big thing as well. You want to make sure that you've set up your employees in the right way. So, you know, they're either either um, casual, part-time, full-time. Um, it's very interesting that uh, the it's come out now. There's a definition in the Fair Work Act yes. of what casual employee is, which has never happened before. 
it's so. very fascinating how they've got to that point and yeah. it's sort of where it's come to because i've had a couple of sales over the last six months where yeah. one of the issues was they had a lot of casual base and there was an issue about long annual leave because if they've been there long enough you know you might have to factor in annual leave for your casual employees yeah and that actually brings down the value of the business so yep. you actually end up getting less overall so you yep. really got to get those agreements down pat yeah yeah so that's why you need that advice to begin with and exactly like you said at the start you know that doesn't happen you know when you go to sell you need that in place for before you sell exactly yeah. and that's why you do any of these things prior because once you do it on during execution one it looks a bit you look you don't you look a little bit amateur hour yeah and two it's stressful. You're not going to get the result you want because oh, it's too rushed. That's right. You want to make it as seamless as possible. Exactly. Okay. So then the other major agreement I would have, is, and it's, this is obviously if you're in business with other people, yep. is generally a shareholders agreement. Absolutely. Very, very important. Yeah. Shareholders slash partnership agreement, which is you know essentially just uh, an agreement of how you're going, what rules you guys are going to set up for yourselves. Yeah. Um, which is generally a great thing because you know you, you they shareholders agreements don't happen when you go into business no a lot of people just have a handshake and yeah, say oh right. yeah this is how we're going to work yeah and that's great until you know as i said you're always dealing with the three d's yeah. death divorce disaster and a shareholders agreement is a great agreement um especially from an estate planning perspective as well uh, because there's a lot of benefits to having a shareholders agreement whereby a director could you know have another shareholder that through that they can appoint a, as a director if something happens to them in the future, which limits that shareholder's liability for the time being until said event happens. Exactly. So there's a lot of benefits to having it, even if you're not looking at selling your business. So yeah. just something to consider. It's definitely important to have when you have like minority shareholders or mm. like if you have or a larger business. Different classes and Exactly. And or you like start that. taking on employees as a transition. Yep. Um, just an agreement of how you guys, how the business is going to operate, like what you agree on for expenses. So then, and especially what are the recourses for mediation or disagreement? Mm, because that's the, is like, this is what we're going to do if we can't come to the table. I can't tell you how many matters I've had, Dave, in probably the last 12 months where an issue regarding um, an agreement has arisen where we found out, you know, that there wasn't an actual agreement or a process to go through and it's just made the cost astronomical exactly. because we, we, we've got to try and determine what we're fighting over before we fight over it. So. You're arguing about the problem <laughs> yeah, that's then right. just to work out that's the problem. Right. Is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, if you think about it logically, why would you do that? No. Yeah. And it, it, it especially is worse with family businesses, yeah. especially when you have a mixture of families. Yeah. It, like people go, oh no, it's family. You can't have an agreement. That's exactly. Yeah. There's any time to have official agreement. Is it going to business with a family member? Absolutely. And just think of it um, as well. You know, you might have a family business that was set up in the '60s. Yeah. You know, your third or fourth generation working in it. Probably the the you know fundamental basis of that business has changed since the sixth, '60s when any of that stuff was set up. Exactly. <laughs> so fix it up. Yeah. As simple as that. Very simple as that. And that, so those sort of major, that's like the real preparation phase. Yep. Like, and that's just at any time yep. of the life you want to plan. Those are sort of key things you need to have in place. Yep. Yep. And then like generally the next phase you would look at is probably getting to market. 
Yeah. So getting the business ready for market. And yeah. generally, I would say, I would be looking at it at least three or five years before you sell. Yeah, okay. okay so. so getting it ready for market, you know, I don't just go to the, my local trading post and, you know, put an ad in the paper saying, oh, business for sale, contact. It's not like that anymore these days. Is you can go on there. <laughs> I've seen businesses for sale on Gumtree, which oh, I right. highly recommend do not like, <laughs> seek advice before you buy a business off Gumtree. <laughs> yeah. Like, please, it's not like buying a mattress or no, buying no. a... Buying a piano or some video games like just yeah look it through yeah now the issue first off is and we're talking about it it's called managing expectation gap yeah so we know how we're talking about businesses trying to sell and wanting to get the right value yeah so if you're wanting to plan to sell you should value your business first yeah because we've got to manage that gap the valuation gap which is basically valuation gap is the difference between what you think it's worth and, and what, what it's actually worth yeah and you've got things in there. So when you're talking about the value, what would you get valued? Like goodwill, uh, stock, I imagine. Any anything else at all? Goodwill, stock. Um, you know, if you have ongoing contracts. So if you have an ongoing, you know, contract for regular work from say a big player or something like that, yep. that could be your value. Yeah. Um, the staff agreements, the branding, the intellectual property. Yeah. And that's where the main thing is: is is if you're working in your business all the time. You know, you, you're a one-man show or you're a family business, which is quite common. You, yeah. you do everything. You do the books to the sales, to the reconciliation, yeah. to the you know, administration. Chances are there might not be a sellable business because, you know, all that goodwill in the business is tied to you. Yeah. So you can't sell yourself. No, that's right. Well, you can, but well, that's a whole other question <laughs> no, entirely. Times have changed. With exactly. that. <laughs> <laughs> but that expectation and that people don't realize that, if at the end of the day, if you do all the business, what you're selling might be literally a customer database and a website, and that's not going to be that's not going to fund your retirement. Worth, yeah, it's not going to unless your anything. customer database is in the millions. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. No, no. Okay, very good point. So you get that you kind of try to manage expectations, and from what you're saying, by you know kind of working that out, you know, three to five years before you actually want to sell it. You can go, maybe I need to improve this to increase the value or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. So like with a lot of our clients, we have a business diagnostic tool, which is yep. actually I use for business valuations. Okay, right. So we measure them and then we can say, well, this is what your score is. Yeah. We can put a strategy in place to raise that score if we and gives us enough time to plan and grow and basically turn it into a saleable business. Yeah. You know, yep. we're putting the right processes in place, taking step off and getting those things put together. Yeah, no, it definitely sounds like a plan. You know, yeah. if you're going to buy a house or sell a house, sorry, um, you know, you would try and improve it as much as you can to get the most money for it before you sell it. So exactly. sim similar concept. Exactly. Yeah. And th th there's a few other main sort of questions you sort of, I think there's a few key questions you should yeah. always ask yourself just before you go into market. Okay. And what would they be? So first off, what am I going to sell? So this is yeah. a very interesting question is what am I actually selling? Yeah. Like, okay, I'm going to sell a business. And yep. you brought it up before. What am I selling? Am I selling goodwill? Am I just selling the equipment? Am I selling a customer list? Yeah. Um, so that does a good question. And then it also boils down to, am I selling, especially with a company, am I selling the business assets out of the company or am I selling the shares of the company? Because yeah. they have very different taxation outcomes. Oh, right. Okay. So you yep. need to plan accordingly to try and get the best thing. Yep. Okay. Okay. No, that so, makes sense. You know, what can I sell the business for? So obviously, as we said, value the business what can i what can i actually sell it for yeah so it would be in some cases i imagine the business not, might not be worth anything exactly yeah so and that's the issue is who's willing to buy it because you see a lot of businesses go on gumtree you go they go business for sale one hundred fifty thousand dollars, 
and they and you ask them, how'd you get that value? Uh, just yeah, that, just, that's it. That, that's what that's I thought a, it was. That's what I thought it was. <laughs> stock. It's like, what's the value of the stock? Oh, I can't tell you that. Yeah. So yeah. Once again, don't buy a business of Gumtree without getting advice. <laughs> exactly. Get very solid advice and go through the numbers. Yeah. Okay. Um, other questions is, I mean, there's another one which people don't think about. Who will actually buy my business? Yeah, true. Because, you know, I, I know people like your business, as you said, in the 60s, someone in today's age might not buy that business. It, it, it might be something which, you know... Well, it might be a concept that's evolved over time, for instance. Exactly. Okay? Like you wouldn't, um, you know, for example... Uh, printing business might be a lot more, might have been a lot more lucrative back in the '60s as it, you know, compared to what it is now. For instance, yeah, you got to take all that on board. I imagine. Yep. Yep. It, a very good example would be an insurance broker. Okay. So, an yep. insurance broker, generally, you have general insurance and you have life insurance. Yep. They're two separate things. Yep. Like you're either doing life insurance or you do general, mm-hmm. like, which is generally you know, accident and business and car, car house, and all whatever. that. Yep. Um, generally, a lot of insurance businesses don't do both mm-hmm. so if you've built your business over a year and you've got a life insurance broker and whatnot you might be only able to sell one of those businesses you yeah. might be able to sell just the general insurance side and then you still got a life insurance business yeah so that that poses a question of how do i sell it yeah and how you, know? you do that split that division yeah and if that's the case if you're going to split them out is it better to split the businesses before you sell it yeah split them up for a couple of years and then it might be an easier to sell yeah easier to sell and you know you might make more profit out of doing it that way potentially exactly yeah okay. so a lot of businesses definitely as you said build up over time and they have yep. different functionalities so yep. you got to work out what how what am i selling and then the final one is as i said it goes back to structures again does my current structure facilitate this yeah it always comes back to structure, doesn't uh, it? <laughs> it's tax, it's structures. It's, you got to go through that. Yeah. So those questions help you understand, okay, what am I doing? How am I doing it? Because if you work out, for instance, who's going to, who, where can I sell the business for? Yeah. You know, if I know I'm going to sell my insurance broking firm to a big broker, then I can go maybe shopping around in time and go, what, what, are, you, what are you buying businesses for? And sort of warm the crowd up. Yeah. No, it definitely makes sense. Yeah. So, okay, cool. And what about that? Is there anything else to the preparation phase that we really need to worry about? Or? No, I think that, that covers everything out. Like okay. once you know how you're going to sell it, who's going to sell it and how you're going to sell it, then you're sort of ready to basically do the deal. I, I think from what you're saying, it's like all good things really. It's have a plan. Yeah. Okay. Don't wake up one morning and be like, I'm going to sell my business tomorrow. Like it's not going to happen like that if you want to get the most value out of your business. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. No, very good point. Well, once again, Dave, you're throwing knowledge bombs everywhere <laughs> around here. We're learning a lot. Um, I love having you coming on board. So thanks for coming around again. Always a pleasure, Cam. Dave, where can anyone find you if they want to get in contact with you? Of course, you can uh, find us. Uh, our address is a 488 High Street. Uh, if you want to come walk in, uh, we're always available. Uh, you can call us on 47323844. Or you can find me, obviously, you know, or you can find Judge Accounts on Facebook or LinkedIn. Or our email is drosenthal, that's R-O-S-E-N-T-H-A-L at judgecountants.com.au. Awesome. Well, Dave, like I said, great to have you on board. All the listeners out there, thank you once again. Uh, any other questions you've got for Dave, I'm sure he's going to be around these parts again one time in the future. Uh, so flick them on through. Uh, once again, if you've got some feedback for us, uh, please let us know. And if there's any topics that you want us to cover from a legal perspective, uh, let us know and we'll, we'll get on to them and have something out to you soon. 
Uh, but other than that, uh, that's it from me today, Dave. Always a pleasure, Cam. Thanks. Thanks for coming around again, and we will speak to you all again soon. See ya. See ya.